Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast Recap Show. This is Tuesday, November 16th, and I'm watching some action on TV. Well, me and Anthony, it's just Ace and Ant today, but we recap some of the games from last week. Yeah, so you got the expert here? Yeah, I could definitely hear you. We got the expert over here and the guy who controls the Magic 8 ball. (laughs) So what was your favorite game from Sunday? My favorite game was not the Jets game. I know that. <laughs> that. That thing was horrible, but it was a lot of it was a lot of good games out there. But um, it's really hard to say because I, I I was kind of a little depressing and stuff like that. But I I, I know I would have lost a lot of money if you actually went to that that um casino and bet it on the Jets for me. I you know what I I thought it was I thought that they weren't gonna look let me put it like this. Every time I keep mentioning this on the podcast, it it. It's not that it comes true, but it's like every team plays better at home, and especially the Jets. The Jets definitely play better at home. So why wouldn't they play better at home against the Bills, who's a division rival? It's not that the Bills are unstoppable. I didn't think the Bills were going to lose. I just thought that the Bills would not beat them by a ton of points. Turned out I was wrong. The Jets' defense couldn't stop them. The Bills' defense came in, and they were ready to play. They had a couple of bad games behind them, and, uh, you know, they proved me wrong. Dallas blew out that team. I thought Dallas was going to win. I didn't think they were going to beat them by as much, but I knew Atlanta wasn't going to have a good game. We was definitely right on um, wrong about the um Seattle game. I don't know if I picked Seattle yeah. or I no, they, you didn't. Right. I, I was the only one that took Seattle, but I should have known Russell Westbrook coming off of Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson <laughs> coming off an injury wasn't going to go so hot. Yeah, it was, kind of, it was that was a horrible game right there. Um, but definitely um the game that really um helped me out was what's what was that game? It was it was Monday's game. That that definitely helped me out as far as not betting but through fantasy. So I was a little bit happy on that one because Cooper Cup, he was being announced all you know, they was going through through talking about him all the time and stuff like that. And so I was like, Oh go, here we go. But nope, it didn't happen. For some reason the whole offense just shut down and quite you know, quite LA wound up losing for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know how this happens. Every time I pick against San Francisco, they wind up they wind up winning. Because I know I didn't pick it. I don't know I didn't pick San Francisco on that one. Yeah. Well, no, but I know I didn't I wouldn't have taken San Francisco either. I think we all took the Rams. It was kind of a clean sweep. And the main reason was San Francisco just hasn't been hasn't been together this year. But I guess Cuddle uh Kittle came back last game, correct? You're right, he came back last game. He was so if he that. came back last game and he had a bad game last game, or he just wasn't fully ready, or the offense wasn't ready, him getting a full week of practice and also being healthy again, and what they kept saying on Monday Night Football and watching the Eli and Peyton cast is just that they were able to throw the ball over the middle whenever they wanted. And ever since I was probably eight, ten years old watching the NFL, if you can control the middle of the field, you can control the game. Because if I can just throw eight to 10 yards in the middle of the field over and over and over again. Well, then that forces you to put more people there. And for some reason, Kittle just, he just stayed outside. They didn't even go to him that much. And they just kept running Debo Samuel over the middle, over the middle, over the middle. And in this oh. NFL, you can't headhunt anymore. Right. So you can't exactly have a safety come over and just Steve Atwater or Ronnie Lott somebody 
or better yet, make them even more like let's not act like they didn't do this in the 2000s. Um, yeah, they were still getting away with it back then. Come across the middle like Ed Reed or Sean Taylor and just separate the man's head from the ball. The defensive glory days. <laughs> now you can take that chance and hit a guy in the chest, but basically they're coaching everybody not to do that. So you either have to be there right on time and get your head on the ball and boom, just go for it. You know what's really messed up about that? Uh, I saw this, I think, like a couple of weeks ago. Yes, they coach the defensive players not to do that, but then you see some of these offensive players, they're still doing it, and they still get away with it. And what, what do you mean? They, you know, put their head down low, whatever, like a running back, whatever. They Sometimes they, they still go into it. To the well, um, to, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say they still go into it. They still, you know, can initiate that contact, and it will be against the defensive player. So well, it still happen. See, the thing is this, though. There's less... Um, if you're a running back, the rule applies to everybody unless you're running across the middle, you know. So right. if you're a running back and you're coming through the hole and you're running downfield, they're allowed to hit you right in your helmet because basically they said it's almost impossible for a defensive player to tackle someone. And it's really the defensive receiver rule. It's the idea that if a guy's running across the middle and he's looking at the ball and not looking at you, he can't just get alligator arms and not catch the ball. And, you know, the idea is that we want to encourage the defenders to go for the ball as well and knock that away. Uh, L.A. got called for what, four or five pass interference calls? I think so. I think you I think you're right about that. I think it's around five. So they had a bunch of P.I. calls, which kind of took them out of the game, which I'm kind of surprised. They didn't really have to go with um, Jalen Ramsey. But Aaron Donald's actually getting pretty good rushes. But basically, the plays were designed that it was a one step hitch three-step drop. There weren't too many five-step drops in their game plan, and they were just like, we're just going to go over the middle and run the ball well, and you know, Kyle Shanahan can coach some offense, and they're still running Robert Saleh's defense, Salah's defense, so it's working. You right. have to change. Like, the guy who came in, and he didn't change much, and it's like, why would you? It's yeah. it's still quality. Right, it's still working. Oh, I didn't get to see the Eli Payton version of the, um, of the football game. Did um, Philip Rivers actually showed up there? Philip Rivers showed up in the fourth quarter. Um, Draymond was in the third quarter. Draymond's playing tonight at the Golden State Warriors Brooklyn Nets game. Draymond's crushing it. The Golden State Warriors are up 113 to 87 in Brooklyn. Oh, so no and curse there. The Warriors have the Warriors have the number one record in the NBA now. Wow. With this cool. win, with this win, they have the best record in the NBA. Wow. And all it took was Curry, them getting um and Andrew Wiggins. Let's put it like this. I'm not saying he's his uh, draft status of being number one overall pick is finally paying off, but I see why he was drafted number one overall, right. even though he wasn't the best player to come out of that draft. But I, I see why he was taken. And basically, if you're betting on basketball out of the first 10 games, basically, that have come off this season, we were going to start getting into it more as the first like 15 to 20 games that happened because with the NBA, it's a little hard to evaluate. But the Nets haven't been covering a lot of home games against quality teams. They've been beating up on the teams in the East that they're supposed to beat. But anytime they've played a team that's been better than them, there's a reason why they're, I think they have one more win or two more wins than the Knicks. They're eight and three. The Knicks are six and four. The Warriors are 11 and two. Yeah, that's real dominance right there when you're 11 and two. But um, speaking of um, quite the, uh, uh, the reason why I brought up the Eli Payton show, because I'm just going to let an advance warning of my betting. Right. I'm betting against... Um, what's the name of the Chargers? And I'm betting against the Indianapolis Colts because, you know, even though this man is retired, you know, his, his, his own 
quit this like oh, curse thanks. on Manny. Yeah, his his little <laughs> curse is gonna go right over to those two teams. So I'm just gonna make sure. You know, oh. I'm just gonna roll my magical ball on that one. They said it extends to the NBA because basically after LeBron James has been on there, he strained his abdomen and he hasn't played an NBA game since. Oh, which wow. is it's not exactly true, but yeah, he, he showed up during like the second or third version of this when they were calling like I want to say a Cleveland game or a Cowboys game because apparently during the lockout, LeBron actually got an offer to play tight end for the Cowboys or at least show up at training camp, which was interesting because they talked about Draymond Green playing tight end in a college game from Michigan State because he was actually there for four years. So he had an opportunity to do that. So that was very interesting to me. Like, and actually showed a clip of him playing in college, not actually, I don't know if it was in a game, but I think right. he played in like the, the scrimmage before the season. I can actually, yeah. actually picture him um, playing tight end. But um, do you have our records mm-hmm. as how we did? Or was anything like that? Because oh, I didn't yeah. even pull it up. Let me bring it up. I was looking at the games and how they ended, but let me pull that up real quick. I will say this. I'm clearly doing way better in college football than I am in the NFL. Um, right now on the season of my college picks, I think I'm going about – let me let me recap that real quick. And right. I will jump back to the NFL. But in my college picks – I still bring that up. Oh, yeah. In my college picks this season, I am at 48%. I'm at out of 152, 152 against the spread, 167 loss. So 152 out of, yeah, 152 wins, 167 down. And the fact that that's better than what I'm doing in the NFL is not a good sign. But uh, yeah. It was a good sound for those who's actually listening to you and, you know, taking your advice on that. Yeah, no. You know, just listen to you in college and listen to me in the NFL, you know, because my magical eight ball always works. You ain't doing much better, my friend. <laughs> no way. To, I just got to charge it up, you know. It just I needs that juice. See, that's the thing. We don't have the season records, but we do have uh, week 10. So for week 10, what did you do? You did, you and Malik tied at five and nine. Wow. Yeah, and I went three and eleven. Well, I think and we what's had funny the is same picks. We similar, but what's interesting is, um, I on my best bets. What was it on my best bets? I had the Rams. I had Tampa. I had Arizona. I had Seattle. And I had Kansas City. So Dang, one of curse. mine came through. <laughs> yeah, but guess who you had? It was that I forgot already? You had Baltimore. You had the Rams, you had the Jets, you had Tampa, and then you had Green Bay. Yeah, that's really well. I think I, I okay, so I got Green Bay. I knew well. you got you went one for four. I went one for four. Malik that's not good. Had the Rams, he had New England, he had Dallas, he had Green Bay, and he had Tampa. So he went three and two. And that's really where we're supposed to be making our bread and butter on those five picks right there. And only twice all season have we hit three game parlays. But we did hit them. We did hit one one week, and then we came back, and I put first I put twenty on it, then I came back and I put fifty on it, and we hit those two in a row, so we got paid out of that. So we're doing pretty well so far in terms of that. But in the college games, it's been those one offs. I've been riding Michigan, who's been coming through for me, and Ohio State surprisingly beat. They put the beat them down on Purdue. They beat Purdue by more than twenty points, by more than twenty one, which kind of shocked me because it was closer than that. And then they just kind of pulled away at the end That CJ Stroud, that, that kid who basically could still be playing high school football is playing amazing for them. And I'm wondering how that's going to go when he has to play in that, in that, that Michigan Ohio state game is going to be huge. 
in terms of if you're an NFL fan seeing one, seeing these college kids who are definitely all the seniors and seniors who could jump are going to make that jump. Because as much as they talk about that NAL money, it ain't it ain't NFL money. Yeah, everybody's going to want that NFL money, especially when they know that they're guaranteed a first or second round pick. They don't want to screw that up because, you know, there's no way there's no way once you get injured, especially in college, once you got that insurance, like some of these um, blue chip type of players usually do, then you're, you're basically screwed. And that defensive end from Michigan is really kind of he's he's tearing it up. Him and Thibodeau are going to be some pretty high picks. So if the Jets somehow can lose enough games this season, I guess, to get behind the Lions, which I don't think is possible. It's not possible with the Lions tying if you're doing ties and stuff like that. I don't know how that happened. I still think, yeah, I still think the Lions are going to end up with the number one overall pick. Um, I think they got another pick coming from the Rams who actually aren't going to have a great, great season. Right. But I would like to point out in terms of record and like how crazy it is, the standings in the NFL, let's just run down the AFC real quick. Okay. The best record in the AFC is the Tennessee Titans at eight and two. No other team in the AFC has more than six wins. Not the Chiefs, not the Bills, not the Patriots, um, not Baltimore. Like, it's like they're slowly building up right now. Like they're slowly getting together. Or is that the benefit of having the two worst teams in the conference in your division? Because no disrespect, Houston and Jacksonville. As much as people want to make fun of the Jets, they're the worst teams in the AFC. And they're both in the same division with Tennessee and Indianapolis, who both Jets made the playoffs last year. Jets are still worse than them. They, Houston and Jacksonville actually play with heart. They actually say that these teams actually play with heart. Yes, but Houston can play with all the heart they want. They're one and eight. Y'all are two and seven. Two and seven by one lucky game by Zach and, Wilson playing hero ball. And then the next game, still for some Tennessee, reason, Mike White. Which is something yeah. that no one else in that division can say. Yeah, that's true. So how bad are the Jets really? <laughs> Jets could be a wild card team in that division. I'm not saying you're going to have a great season, but I think the over-under on the wins was five. If you told me the Jets win, I think it was four, yeah, four and a half wins. I think we went over this in the preseason. If the Jets somehow get to five wins, if they win three more out of the next, what, eight games? It could happen, okay, too. Okay, so the Jets go three and five over the last eight games? I could completely see that. I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked. I yes. think the Wingland's riding pretty high right now, and Mac isn't making a lot of mistakes. So and Mac is just playing in the system. Yeah, but more importantly, you know what the difference between this year and last year on the Patriots is? The COVID, COVID players, too, they're coming back. Everybody in the defense came back, so the defense is fully there, even though Stephon Gilmore isn't on the team anymore, which is why the Patriots were having a big problem earlier in the season. They still haven't. This is the best game they've ever had against the run statistically because they're one of the worst defenses against the run this year over the first 10 games. Um, Cam Newton was their only offensive option last year. They didn't have Hunter Henry. They went out and got those two tight ends, and that's making a huge difference. Now, if Cam had Hunter Henry, even coming off of the shoulder surgery, I think they would have had a much better shot. They traded the starting running back from last year, Sonny Michelle, who played the entire season hurt. Brandon Bolden wasn't there. Ramondre Stevenson was a uh, wasn't. Yeah, he's team. a rookie. Yeah, he's a rookie. And Damian Harris wasn't getting as much burn. And had he been, maybe this would have gone a different way. Your number one receivers last year were Enkil Harry. Yeah, that was it. I think it was Enkil Harry, and who it was was even um he wasn't even on the team. That I'm thinking about it. Not Jacoby, oh, Harry? Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers. I don't Am remember I if he was on the team or not. Yeah, because he caught Same. his first touchdown pass this week for the Patriots. They talked about this. And this is his third year in the league. 
So they got Kendrick Bourne, Aguilar, who was there last year, I believe. And James White was injured as well last year. He played a little bit. And then their fourth wide, like their third wide receiver by the last week was Matthew Slater last season. Cam Newton comes in, plays one game with Carolina, scores two TDs. Yeah, now, now he's a hero there. Back again, it's like the, the hero returns. Yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> makes – it doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm starting to, starting to figure out these games a little bit because parity is there. as just shown by the fact that the best team in the AFC – it's eight and two Tennessee, who everybody thinks should be nine and one. As bad as the Jets are, they're two and seven. Miami's three and seven. The Bills oh, are six. Edelman and was there, and Muhammad Sanu. Exactly. Those were the other two receivers last year. Just Edelman never played a game, and Sanu was terrible all season. Right, which is why he's not there. Think about it. he played so bad the Pats got rid of him, and he was one of the cheapest players on the team. Yeah, that's and definitely Atlanta bad. got rid of him for a reason. That was the best trade I think Atlanta's made in a while. Matt Lacosse was the tight end. Uh, Pittsburgh's five, three, and one, and Baltimore six and three. So Baltimore has the same record as the Bills and one less loss than Kansas City. Oh, speaking of Baltimore, they just cut long Bell, Le'Veon Bell today. They did. Because mm-hmm. he couldn't get on the field, he wasn't healthy. Well, he wasn't really sco- he wasn't really doing anything that day. He couldn't get on the field. He was just wasn't really racking up any um yards. I think he ba- barely had a hundred yards in was it three four games he played. Did he have any carries? Yeah, he had a couple of carries, but it's not that much. They must have just weeded him out and just said, you know what, we're not going to go with you or somebody else. But he was thankful for them, you know, to give him the opportunity to show himself. But who, who knows? He might be on another team by the end of the season. Honestly, I think he can play and. The I'm really kind of shocked. Like it took Devonta Freeman this long to get back, but I didn't realize he got cut when he was 26 years old, or in this, when he was turning 27. He's not even 30 yet. This guy's 29 years old, so he's only been in the league eight years. So the fact that Atlanta gave up on him is more of a fact of his contract than anything, because he was on that team that Atlanta rode to the Super Bowl when they actually had a, a real offense. And now they have some dude running the ball, and it's kind of showing. That's them getting blown out last week. Yeah, I keep forgetting the guy's name, and I have him on one of my fantasy teams too. And even yeah, I'm, I'm not even quite all that confident in starting him every week. See, some people with fantasy are just picking up whatever running backs actually just listed as a number one slot. And honestly, I'm just looking more at opportunities because holding on to the backup, Naeem Hines, and – in Indianapolis has paid off way, way, way more for me. Well, speaking of backup, and, is the backup for Green Bay is going to be playing in. I, know, I think you have him in our league. Yes, I do. I have him in both leagues. Cause you know why? Because I saw him play in college. And if you could run for, I think it was like 175 yards a game at BC when all they were doing was running the ball when they had their old head coach, Steve Adasio, then I know you can do it in the NFL. There was a guy before him who had a 2,000-yard season who got drafted by the Giants. Mm-hmm. Even he had a couple hundred yard games and he's still hanging around in the NFL, even though, and trust me, they run through running backs every single year. They're drafting guys in the third, fourth, fifth round to replace people, just seeing whoever sticks and going with it. So if you're a running back and you play in the in an old Big E school or a new ACC school like Pitt or Syracuse or, you know, BC or something like that or Rutgers and you're actually any good, you're going to be amazing in the NFL. Because you're playing against other guys who are, you know, as they say, not blue chippers, but they always make it seem like the only quality players come out of the SEC or, you know, the Pac-12 or something like that, like or the Big Ten. Those aren't the only two conferences in uh, college. You definitely got to look. You got to look at everything, especially and when it comes to um, running backs. The top three prospects at quarterback, 
top three prospects at quarterback right now are Kenny Pickett, right? Mm-hmm. Matt Corral out of Ole Miss, who is not exactly known for historically producing quarterbacks, like, except for Eli Manning. That's only because he's Archie Manning's kid. And then I think the next one is, what's that guy out of Liberty? Malik Jackson, Malik something. Oh, yeah, I heard of him. We talked about him a couple weeks ago, but he played pretty bad the other day. And then there's another guy out of the MAC who they may say get a look, but who knows? Those guys usually have to stay four years. He's breaking all the Big Ben's records. Uh, Something Gabbert. He's Blaine Gabbert's younger brother, I believe. Yeah, that's good. That's good. He's actually, they're playing right now, Miami, Ohio. Um, something I was gonna say. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. these are the two games. I, I just wanted to give two games out. I, I wanted to see this week. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna talk about my Jets. I'm talking about um Dallas, Kansas City. I want to see as far as for the NFL, and I actually want to see your Bears versus the um the Ravens this week. I want to see how that happens. We'll see what happens there. I'm gonna have to get Sunday ticket or find a bar that's showing that because I do want to see that. It's coming on one of the one o'clock games. Um, I think. The one, the best thing that the Pats have going for them about their bad season last year is that they have a pretty easy record. There's so far out of the games that they've played, right? Mm-hmm. The Patriots have only honestly beaten two teams that I didn't think they were going to beat. They won at the Chargers and they won with Cleveland coming to them. See, everybody keeps sleeping on the Patriots. The thing is that they remind no, me. It's not that I'm sleeping on them, it's more the fact that if they were bad last year, and they didn't really fix their problems on the offensive line, and that was an issue. And their receivers didn't get really didn't get much better outside of the two tight ends they got and Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. Then who are you going to throw the ball to when you have a rookie quarterback? It's just and, that the, everybody's just playing. Everybody's just doing their jobs. That's the thing is that Belichick is very good at get these guys to do their jobs. He, they can have the worst people in the world. As soon as they plug them into the Patriot land, all of a sudden they know what they're doing. So does that mean they weren't doing their jobs last year? When they won, uh, when they went six and ten, I don't I'm think, sorry. When I, they went seven and nine, I actually don't think Belichick cared about last year. He was just like, whatever, you get, you know, just put no. the season and call it a day. Listen, he's not that kind. Of, he co- he cares about every season. The, the, there's only two teams that I didn't think they were going to beat that they beat. The fact, and also I'd like to point out, they did they didn't cover against Houston when they went to Houston and they were seven point favorites. They beat Houston twenty five to twenty two. Um, they lost to Tampa at home. They lost to New Orleans at home. They beat the Jets 25-6. They beat Carolina 24-6. And the only team that they – I'm shocked that they beat Cleveland because Cleveland just has a better offense. But then again, they were missing Nick Chubb. So there that goes. You have to take an injury into account. Is Nick Chubb in there had a running back? Nick Chubb wasn't in there. It was the Dearness Johnson. Nick Chubb was out with the COVID-19 list. And I believe he's unvaccinated because he's been wearing a mask around the facility and other places that are reporting on this. Not so much as the fact of a lot of people think this COVID-19 status has more to do with shaming people about whether or not they got their vaccine. But realistically, it's really for people who are betting on the games and also for as messed up as it sounds, the NFL is so in bed with, um, I shouldn't say in bed, that they're partnering with DraftKings, FanDuel, and MGM Bet Sports and Caesar Sportsbook, all these like new online sports betting apps in like the 14 states that allow it. And they're getting so much cash from them that they're actually putting this out weeks, days ahead of time so that people know whether or not guys are going to play because they get a cut of what those companies make. They're sponsoring NFL. They're like, they're on the sideline of every single team. Sure, I wish they were sponsoring us. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'd like <laughs> to get a taste of that money, to be honest. I ain't going to lie. Keep it 100. 
Um, but the Pats have a pretty tough schedule because they have Tennessee at home. They got Buffalo on the road. They got at Indianapolis. Then they got Buffalo. Then they got Buffalo at home. Or they go to Buffalo. They got Tennessee at home. They got Atlanta on Thursday night, which should be easy. But they're the Thursday night game this week with Atlanta. Their bye week isn't until week. Are you serious? It's week 11, 12, 13. Their bye week is week 14. Wow. <laughs> so they really week, week 14 bye weeks. That's what a 17 game season does. But that actually gets them prepared for the playoffs. If they're eligible, they're going to. So, at, listen, Anthony, let's say they beat Atlanta. They're seven and four, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Do you think they beat Tennessee? Yes. Really? The best team mm -hmm. in the AFC? Yes. They're going to beat Tennessee at home? Yes. Okay. Do you think they beat Buffalo at Buffalo? Mm, no. Okay. Then they get their bye week. Then they come back and they play at Indianapolis. They're going to beat Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, they're going to beat them. Okay. Then they have to play Buffalo at home again. You think they beat Buffalo? They, they split Buffalo on this one. They definitely really? win that one. You think they're going to split with Buffalo? Yeah, because this time is going to be in New England. Okay. That might be a, I bet you that'll be a night game too. They might flex that to a night game. Oh, definitely. It's 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 scheduled for 1 p.m. right now, and it's the day after Christmas. No, they're flexing that. But that'll probably be flexed to the Sunday night game. Um, if but that's only if the Bills, that's only if uh if the Patriots don't lose, if the Patriots lose to Tennessee and Buffalo, they'll basically be they'll win seven, they'll be seven and six going into the bye week. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be a matchup. They, so they be rivalry. That's a rivalry. That's Belichick. That's you know. That's Coy Mag Jones, who they might by then might pump up to be rookie of the year. Besides, um, mm. what's the name on Cincinnati, who's actually clear cut right now? Who? Um, the receiver in Cincinnati. Oh, um, um Jamar Chase. Right, he's clear cut the um rookie of the year right now. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised that they're trying to pump Mag Jones by then, as far as that rookie of the year um type of thing. And just to preview it, a couple of games that I'm looking forward to watching, honestly, just because of how the season has been going so far and how up and down it's been. I also want to go over the records real quick in the NFC. I didn't even get a chance to do that. Okay, now um, you go. Dallas is 7-2. and two. They're leading the NFC East. The best team next to them is Philadelphia, who managed to win last week, who one of my few wins and counting on Jalen Hurts, who actually came through. Arizona's 8-2. and two. The Rams are 7-3, and three, and that's after losing two weeks in a row. Green Bay's 8-2. and two. Uh, having lost the game without Aaron Rodgers, and then Tampa's leading their division at six and three. If Jameis Winston hadn't gotten hurt, the New Orleans Saints would be leading that. So this is how inconsistent these teams have been all year: is that the defending champs are six and three, Green Bay's eight and two, Arizona, who missed the playoffs last year because of the, because of the eight and eight record and that tie with the Bears, are eight and two, and Dallas is seven and two. So the second wild card spot is wide open right now. The Bears are still in play for that because the team that's leading that right now is New Orleans. If the playoffs were to start today, New Orleans would be the seventh seed. Wow. Yeah. I think you guys could pass New I'm sorry, not New Orleans. New Orleans is the sixth seed. All The division leaders are Green Bay, Arizona, Dallas, Tampa. Then number one uh, wild card is the Rams, then New Orleans, then Carolina at five and five. Oh, that's open. It can be on. That can be any one of y'all. It could be so, the Bears, it could be Carolina, and it could be New Orleans. I can see any any one of y'all three make that. Basically, every team not named the Detroit Lions has a shot at the playoffs, and that's including <laughs> no. Seriously, every, a low team blow. From, every team from eleven <laughs> to four could make it in because there's eight games left, and that's the one interesting thing about the NFL this year. There's eight more games, 
this that extra game really is huge because teams are now going to have to play that week week 16 17 games like who's healthiest mm-hmm. and it gives derrick henry an extra week to possibly come back and play for the titans in the playoffs and if they can secure that by it gives him another week to try to come back and play in the playoffs and get the team to the super bowl I actually want to see if teams are going to start sitting play if we'll sit players in that last game. Just depends to see on how, how they, old they are. Maybe like the Bills might do that the last game, something like a team like that. There's they might already lock the playoffs up by then, already locked their seat, their number one seat. Right. Might not it doesn't matter. With the Chargers, yeah, with the Chargers, even though the Chargers lost because Vegas, Cincinnati, and Indianapolis got out to a bad start, they're in the third wild card spot at five and four. It's so, really funny. So, so the NFC is actually more interesting as far as that walk one wild card spot oh, yeah. in the AFC because the AFC is like, yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, in the AFC, you kind of have it, but the players are starting to take shape because in the AFC, basically, technically, the Jets are still in it and Jacksonville because if having, having seven losses doesn't mean you're out now. So that, that would mean that the Jets have to win every single game going. But that's not the case. The Jets just need to get nine wins. So you need to win seven out of the next eight games. Is it difficult? Yes. Realistically, Miami, the the Dolphins, the Jets, the Jaguars, and Houston is basically already out of it at one and eight. Every other team has at least five wins. There are this is this, this is one of the most parody seasons I've ever seen in my life. There are one, two teams with five wins. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are eight teams with five wins after week ten. It was actually kind of hard to also to bet on these teams too. Because once once you think that they stable out and they they're gonna do their thing, I'd have wow. to agree with you after going three and eleven last week. So if you just took the opposite of my advice, you were crushing it. So that's another reason to listen to this podcast. <laughs> what are you gonna have for what 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 wins and losses gonna have for us next week that we can just reverse? <laughs> Honestly, I've only had what? I've only had, I shouldn't say only, out of the 10 weeks that we've been picking, I've had five weeks above 500 and I've had five weeks below 500. And I went, if I, and I'm going to post, I'm going to post this in my blog, what our overall season records are. So I got to calculate that. But I think I'm barely leading the season and I'm picking at like 49% or 40, 47%, I think this year. Last year, I won. Did I beat Malik or did Malik beat me? I thought Malik beat you last week. Malik last beat year. me, and last year he was at 51%, and we only picked from week seven on. So Yeah, we kind of came late to the game on that one. Yeah, but we, you know, we got there when it mattered, and that's what's important. Definitely. Just like how I'm winning next week, that's going to be the important part. Now, have you been paying attention to any of these college football games? And Well, Texas the only reason... Losing? Has, ever, has everybody been walking around San Antonio with their head down since yeah. they lost to Kansas? No, I'm not, I haven't home. been paid, I haven't paid t- pay attention to them, but um, I have been starting to look at certain certain teams only because you know the draft is coming up, and I'm I have to quit. I want to actually have the perfect board at the end. I think I'm I think I'm going to do it this year. That well, I have the perfect board and had call every draft pick perfectly, and I want to announce it on this show when it, our, when draft time comes. You're a draft specialist. Yes, I'm going to be the draft specialist. Sounds good to me. But right now, I'm definitely looking at Tyler Lindenbaum from Ohio. So I'm going to uh, have to watch those games. Tyler to watch. Lindenbaum, Ohio State? Yeah. Uh, the, Ohio, Ohio. Oh, Ohio, Ohio. He's the center there. 
at Ohio University in the Mac? I believe, I believe it's Ohio. I got to do more research. Like I said, you know, I'm starting to get into it a little bit. I'm just writing things down a little bit on my little paper here, my bad penmanship. So, you know, it's going to take me a minute they do before produce, I actually get that. I can check that right now because they do produce pretty good uh, offensive linemen. A couple of guys from Central Michigan when Eric Fisher was number one overall pick. Western Michigan, a couple of offensive linemen have draft, gotten drafted out of Buffalo. Like, in terms of watching college sports, like, people love the matching because it comes on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So, like, people who are just football junkies like me will watch Monday Night Football and then watch those games. Right. And the schools do it. And Buffalo does it. All those schools signed up for it because half the conference is basically, I think, eight of the 12 schools are in Michigan and Ohio. So it's just all the directional Michigan schools. And then every other school not named Ohio State or Cincinnati <laughs> that plays football in the state of Ohio. And then they're all, they basically sign up so they can just make money. But what did you say the kid's name was? Tyler Lindenbaum. Lindenbaum. L-I-N-D-E-R-B-A-U-M. He's not on the Wait. University of Ohio. There is um, a Parker, there is a Parker Titsworth. I'm not even going to go into that. And that is his <laughs> real name. <laughs> All I know is that my, my goal is to actually have a better, at least a better um, picking record than those ESPN guys. Okay. Well, I think you got a good shot at that. Let's see what happens. Uh-huh. If it does, who knows? It might blow up on just on that alone. Hey, man. Draft specialist, Anthony. Ant Toledo. Um, the two games I'm looking forward to the most this week, uh, as much as people don't think this matters, I, in the ACC especially, because this is actually going to decide who's playing for the ACC title, is Pitt is 5-1 and one in the conference. Pitt has to play Virginia. Whether or not everybody keeps talking about how good this Virginia team is on defense and how many guys they have going to the NFL. Kenny Pickett is the starting quarterback for Pitt. Looks like he's going to be going to the NFL next year. It's a good thing that he came back. Pitt is outperforming North Carolina, who they thought would be dope. UVA, Virginia Tech just fired their coach, Justin Fuente. University of Miami may fire their head coach. They're 5-5 five and five overall. Pitt is 8-2 and two and number 18. And Wake Forest is nine and one on the season. Who's ahead of Clemson? Clemson's only five and two. Wake Forest has not lost a game in conference. The only game that Wake Forest has lost is technically, which is weird, an out of conference game to UNC, who's in their conference. So I'm still trying to figure out how that works because they lost to a team in the ACC, but it didn't count as an ACC game. And then they actually played NC State at home and beat them. So Wake Forest is going to be playing Clemson, which is the real test. But even if they lose, it's still their first loss in the ACC. And then Wake Forest has to go to BC. So I'm going to be watching Wake Forest the next two weeks because they're going to be on the road for both of those. Um, I'm going to be giving up my pick for the Wake Forest Clemson game. I'm going to be studying that because I think Wake Forest right now is getting five points. So that looks pretty attractive to me because Clemson can't tackle. And there are going to be guys on both of those teams getting drafted, if you care about that. Um, definitely watching the Big 12 because that is just fun to watch them implode because Oklahoma lost and uh, Texas lost, which is crazy considering they lost to Kansas. But I forgot what you was going to say, and I kind of feel like I'm kind of rambling on here. So yeah, um, whenever you feel like it. Well, I was going to say don't give away too much because we still have a show coming in of quite that we're going to be recording tomorrow. So you got to save all that for this. We got to remember this is a recap show. <laughs> true. So let me. Yes. So to recap my games from week 11, um, I told y'all to pick Baylor. Baylor came through. I told you to take Kansas getting 30, which I knew that they were going to cover that. 
Um, my favorite team from out West, unfortunately, did not cover for me. Oh, wait. No, they did not. They just, I take that back. They just barely covered for me. Oregon literally won by 14 points. They needed to beat them by 13 and a half. They came through for me. UCLA came through for me. If you paid for the Patreon, you would have heard that. And my Big Ten picks, once again, Michigan came through for me. So uh, if you want to get some of those gems that I'm dropping in the college football game, listen up next week in our Patreon, because that's when I've been uh, separating those games out for the people who are paying for this stuff. So, you know, listen up and uh, you'll see me post tickets on Instagram whenever I get a chance to post them. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe everything that we own. <laughs> that's right. Build, build uh, the audience, build a, build a brand. That's right. The brand is, is so-so. The brand is so-so right now. I'm going to keep it 100. Rutgers came through. Uh, the only team that really disappointed me was Purdue. Michigan State came through against Maryland, which was kind of an obvious pick. But once again, you know, the Big Ten is consistent. The Big Ten is consistent. Like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addicts, and Spotify, wherever you can find us. And you got anything you want to add? No, I want to say, I want to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to blow you guys out the water starting next week. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you might be ahead of me by now in the whole season. Yeah. I got to get at least one NFL week where I go, you know, I think next, how many games we act this week? We're Is he, uh, I don't know how many games you got. I know we have eight more weeks to go. How many teams are on a bye? Oh, there's only two games. There's only two teams on a bye, right? So there's going to be 15 games this week. So out of these 15 games, I got to get 10 right at least. I got to get double digits. So whatever you pick, just reverse it. And, you know, that, that usually works. Beautiful. Thank you. I'll just go against my own logic. <laughs> the only it mismatch worked. that the, yeah, the only mismatch the Vegas sees are the Texans at the Titans. So I'm pretty confident that the Texans should lose by more than 10 and a half points. The Lions are going to the Browns, although I think it is it Miles Garrett. No, who just got hurt? Miles Garrett didn't get hurt. It was defensive rookie of the year. Chase Young is now out for Washington football team, even after they beat Tampa, who got revenge on them for their playoff loss. So they are three and six. Tampa's five and five. But with Cam Newton had a full week of practice, it looks like Tampa. Panthers may actually make that playoff push. And if any team he's going to get up for, it is going to be Ron Rivera. That's one thing we got to definitely talk about tomorrow because I want to hear your I want to hear your point of view. And I want to hear Billy's point of view. What came you in versus Washington? We out of time. We got to go. All right. Talk to y'all later. Peace. All right, peace.